Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 237 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and happy frickin' New Year. First episode of the new year, feeling good, dusting off the cobwebs. I'm not going to tell you how many times I've tried this introduction. I'm kidding. It's only been twice. But, you know, just dusting, dusting off. You know what I mean? Um, how was your Christmas? How was your New Year's? I mean, you can't answer me through here, but hit me up in the DMs on Instagram and let me know regardless. It was a little bit, uh, a little bit quieter around the Hopkins house this festive season, as I'm sure you also experienced. Um, you know, weekends a little bit less filled with festive activities, but down home, good old family time, got into the puzzle game. Everybody went down puzzle lane, right? Puzzles were sold out everywhere. That's all. I enjoy a good puzzle. I'm not lying. So um, we're back to it, guys. Feeling pretty excited to share this with you. And not only because there's great stories in this episode, but my guest today and I's paths have crossed before. Um, We've got a connection through the print game. And so it was super cool to sort of just connect on that off the recording of the episode. But This episode is jam-packed, and listening back to this edit, it was so much fun, right from when we first started talking. My guest today is just an absolute gem, amazing personality, and super fun and easy to talk to. So, who is that guest? Well, the one and only Laura Perpick from Caribou Creative out of Courtney Comox, British Columbia. For those of you who are unaware of the geography of British Columbia, that is on the Vancouver Island, a westerly portion of the of the uh you know the province of British Columbia. During this episode we talk about her move from rural Saskatchewan and how her family was very musically creative. She then shares with me the nonchalant comment that actually led to her pursuit of graphic design. The old nonchalant comment. Got to watch out for those. She tells us about the women's apparel project for a company that she was a part of and why she enjoyed doing that so much. We then talk about the very first time where she really connected with design and felt that this was the right direction to go. She also shares with us why when she first got out of college was actually the toughest time in her career. Also adding in this year has been pretty challenging. And then right in the end, she shares with us the project that started amazing, but didn't quite end up that way. There's so many great stories in this episode, and I'm so excited to share this with you. Ladies and gentlemen, the very talented, the fantastic and entertaining Laura Perpick. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Laura, welcome to the Quickie Podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being my guest. Before we get too far into this, I need to know... Are you ready for a quickie? You betcha. 
Absolutely. I like the enthusiasm. Um, so I'm going to kick this right over to you. And Laura, tell the listeners about yourself. Yeah. So my name is Laura Perfect. I'm a graphic designer. Uh, I live and work on Vancouver Island here in Canada. And my company is called Caribou Creative. Awesome. And how long have you been rocking Caribou Creative for? Uh, for 10 years now, coming on 11 in January. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. So what did you do for the big 10-year celebration? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have done something, but I didn't. <laughs> too busy serving clients. That's how we go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And um, you know what? Maybe I'll wait till later to get into that stuff. So let's kick it back to childhood now. Do okay. you feel, Laura, that you had a creative childhood that pointed you down this career path? Um, yeah, I think so. I, uh, I grew up in rural Saskatchewan. I was the youngest of three kids. Um, and I think just based on proximity of where we were, we were kind of forced to be creative. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what you're telling me is that there was nothing around you. Nothing around us. Um, yeah, we spent a lot of time outside in nature and using our imaginations to, <laughs> you know, play together and that sort of thing. My family is, is pretty creative, but they're very musical. And so it was definitely encouraged um, in our host household for sure. So family is musically creative. Did you have any aunts or uncles or anybody that was in that sort of design or marketing field that could you know, show you what the world was like before you went that way? Uh, no, no. <laughs> All right. So we got we to gotta unpack that then, Laura. <laughs> so give me the, give me the brief timeline on, on the moment that graphic design became a thing for you. Was it a, was it a teacher, a guidance counselor? Like what was that moment? Yeah. You know, to be honest, I never even really thought about graphic design or who those faceless people behind brands were. Um, yeah. Um, but when I was in high school, I was kind of figuring out what my next step was going to be. Mm -hmm. And a high school teacher had mentioned to me, like, why don't you get into graphic design? It's a way to make money and be creative at the same time. And so I just I went for it. And uh, yeah, I kind of learned as as I went in college. And 20 years later, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so I, I love that how it was just this like almost a nonchalant comment that led to this like career direction where it's like, Hey, maybe you should just try graphic design. And you're like, yeah, sure. Let's try graphic design. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I've always been creative, like I said, but I just never could connect that with actually, you know, making a lucrative living out of it. I just always yeah. thought like, I, I don't know, I guess I have to go into accounting or something <laughs> I but, uh, yeah when i realized that graphic design was actually a thing and it existed and yeah i was i was game for it so when you made that decision to get into graphic design or to pursue graphic design mm -hmm. was it an instant like oh my god this is it or did it take time to really start connecting the dots to see how to you know make it a thing because a lot of people who don't know the world of graphic design just assume that it's an artist and the starving artist mentality and that's where you get people being you know saying well why don't you try accounting or become a doctor or something like that you know a real career right yeah um yeah so i had to create a portfolio in order to to get into the the college and i remember like you know having a list of stuff that i had to create for them 
and going like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> you know, I didn't really understand it. I kind of just threw stuff at the wall, saw what stuck. I was like, okay, let's just kind of put this together. And and realizing now, like, okay, I was way off track. <laughs> but that's why you go to school, right? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so it, it was in college that I started to actually fully understand what graphic design was for sure. Because yeah, before then I just assumed it was like, oh, I get to draw all day. And actually, to be honest, <laughs> that's kind of what I do. <laughs> but in, in a different, more kind of polished way, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. In, a, not in a more polished way. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of the same thing. That's but. funny. So when somebody says, don't you just draw all day? You can be like, yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said that you you had to put to, or a portfolio together to get into that. Did you start college with a different major in mind or a different direction in mind and then switch to graphic design or, or were you sort of just doing general studies before making that move? Yeah, no. So when I first got out of school, I actually um, uh, pursued a career in ballet and I was wanted to be a dance teacher. And it was mm -hmm. kind of while I was doing that, that I had this high school teacher reach out to me and that's when I made the switch but before then I wasn't taking any like formal college classes or didn't switch majors or anything like that I was just trying to be a ballet teacher and yeah. I hated it <laughs> you hated it <laughs> I hated it so yeah it was a good move <laughs> <laughs> good move at the end of the day but that's totally. interesting that it was dance because dance is a very creative and artistic pursuit as well just like Absolutely. music and just yeah. like design and all of that so you're in that category uh, yeah, kind of, for sure. The creative category. I don't, not all designers are dancers. I'm not trying to, <laughs> I'm not trying to make that connection. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely the creative realm. Absolutely. I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else, especially, you know, like I said, accounting. Like, oh, my goodness, I barely made it through grade 10 math. There's no way I could be an accountant. <laughs> yeah, you and me both, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you had mentioned that you've been doing caribou for 10 years now mm -hmm. in between graduation and caribou, there's another eight or 10 years there. What did you have going on during that time? Uh, yeah. So when I first got out of college, I knew that I wanted to be my own boss one day. That was kind of the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. So I spent the first 10 years of my career kind of hopping around from agency to agency, working in as many facets as design as I could to ultimately gain enough experience um, to start my own business one day. Mm -hmm. So I really didn't spend more than 18 months at one place and before I was on to the next kind of thing. And, and it wasn't until I moved to Vancouver Island um, 10 years ago, or almost 11 now, um, and I moved here for no other reason than just I, I love to surf. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so when I got here, I was like, oh, you know, um, you know, I looked around at some agencies and I just felt like I, I wasn't really aligning or a, a right fit for a lot of places here. Not that there is a lot to choose from either, you know. Um, so I thought, well, now must be the time for me to kind of start my own thing. So. Got it. And that's when it connected there. So. Yeah. During that time before you moved to Vancouver Island and started your own thing, mm -hmm. you were really getting all of these different perspectives of the design world, all of these different positions that came with different responsibilities and different priorities and different learning opportunities. Mm -hmm. During those moves, is there one of them that stands out to being like the your favorite and why? Okay. Um, hmm. 
I had a lot of cool jobs throughout those 10 years, but I think probably the the coolest job I had was um, I worked on the women's apparel for Red Dragon, which is a skateboard company in Vancouver. Cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was there for for about two years. And yeah, I mean, such a fun job, just like designing skateboard related apparel all day and the perks of that kind of job are so great. It's like, oh, the sun is shining. Let's go skateboarding. <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah, I, I worked with an amazing crew there and I learned a ton about um, just fabrication and, you know, paragraphics and, and all that kind of stuff and that whole industry. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a job to be able to just, because with something like that, you also get a bit more creative freedom than you would at like an agency working on one particular brand within their brand guidelines, right? Totally. Yeah. And I have worked in a lot of corporate settings as well. So this was the exact opposite spectrum for sure. And just to have an opportunity to work in that skateboard industry in Canada, just I felt so fortunate because, you know, the industry is so small here. You know, I always just assumed if I wanted to get into, you know, that kind of thing, I would have to find a job in California or something like that. So, Mm -hmm. so I was really grateful that they took me on for that time that they did. What a cool opportunity. And that, what was the company name? Red Dragon? Red Dragon. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Get into the skate game. So Laura, during this design journey that you've been on, is there one design or illustration or period of design that stands out to you as the most influential of your career so far, something that you saw or were a part of and has just stuck with you since? Hmm. That's like, that's a heavy question. Hey. Oh yeah. We're just getting started. (laughs) (laughs) I just have to pick one thing. Hey, that blew my mind. Um, Okay. So I uh, I think I'll talk about the first time I really connected with design. Um, I really kind of understood it, I guess. Well, no, I'm not even confident that I understand it today. Let's be be honest. I'm a work in progress. Um, But so we'll preface this story a little bit. So my sister had the coolest bedroom growing up. Nice. (laughs) She had one of those like hanging swing chairs. Oh, yeah. And she was always like burning incense and playing Depeche Mode. And so I loved hanging out in her bedroom. And she also had the best magazine collection. So we're talking like she had details and spin and sassy and ray gun. And for me, the first time I saw the ray gun magazine, I was just absolutely blown away. Like when I opened the pages of it as an angsty 14 year old teenager, I just felt like uh, that David Carson's work was speaking directly to me. Um, just his visual layout for, for how he designs. And I think it still holds true to today that like, you know, 25 years later, I, you, you've just never seen anything like his work. It's just so, um, I guess, prolific. So I remember like seeing his work, feeling so connected to it. And maybe that's the first time I really felt a connection to something like that before, to the point where I actually like had to flip to the front of the magazine and like read the byline to see like, oh, who is this art director? And yeah, he just kind of blew my mind. <laughs> Ray Gun Magazine Ray Gun. As, as a 14 year old angsty teenager. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, David Carson is, is the man. <laughs> I love that. So Laura, what about now? Who are who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to now or clo- or closely follow now? And what about them do you like? 
Mm, okay. Um, yeah, I think thanks to social media, I feel like I'm connected to new designers every day and I'm always getting continually inspired by, by what's out there and what I see on social media and that sort of thing. Um, but if I had to you know, pick one person that's blown my mind recently, it would definitely be the artwork of Brian Steely. I'm just such a mega fan of his. I remember the first time I saw his artwork and I was just like, there's, you know, he's created this monoline monoline design that's got this perfect symmetry and balance and it's complex but it's also really simplified at the same time and I just looked at him I was like I haven't seen anyone do anything like this before um so yeah he's definitely an inspiration and and probably one of the most like ripped off artists today too it's like <laughs> everyone's bit his style I mean I have to admit that I'm heavily influenced by by his talented work as well and on top of that he's also like one of the nicest people in the industry, you know, which is just so nice to see when, you know, your design hero is also just a stand-up person in regular life. So, yeah. so yeah, I'd say, you know, obviously mega fan there by <laughs> the tangent I just went off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I also think like Harold Apples is phenomenal. I think he's yeah. probably responsible for all the hand logos that we see everywhere and like that whole trend with hands. Um, yeah, so I really love his work. Um, Kendrick Kidd mm -hmm. uh, is another um, huge influence of mine. I think what I like about his stuff is that um, he's not too precious with his style and he kind of changes and evolves over time. And like right now he's doing some really cool stuff with collage um, with old skateboard magazines and stuff. And it's just like, mm -hmm. yeah, everything he does is, is gold in my mind. And I think he recently threw down a font as well. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. I think I saw that recently on his feed. So, so check for that. But yeah, like what a wicked crew to, to look up to and sort of see their style and, you know, something to enjoy 100%. Mm -hmm. and that's what, what I love so much about social media is that, you know, let's say like 10, 15 years ago, we didn't know who these designers were behind these mm -hmm. brands. And now we're just connecting with, with everyone and getting inspired and influenced. And I know my work has certainly changed thanks to, you know, Instagram and Triple and Behance and platforms like that. Totally. And from a podcast standpoint, you know, the, the amount of talented people out there creating incredible work with really unique stories mm -hmm. that I can have as guests on the podcast, just mind blowing. Absolutely. Yeah. So I completely agree. hundred um, percent. So Laura, before I get into some of the tough stuff, I'm going to bring up your Instagram on screen here. Oh no. <laughs> yep. And I'm going to select two or three posts out of there okay. at, at random, sort of whatever, whatever speaks to me. And from that, okay. um, I want to hear the story behind them. I want to hear, you know, the, the why or, or whatever is behind it. Sounds good. All right, so let's bring that up here. All right, here we go. Ah, nice profile picture, Laura. Great job. Thanks. All right, what are we going to pick? You know, because I'm such a big fan of print, a couple of the print things are standing out to me. So sure. let's let's first dive into this post here. Okay. Beset Creek Farm. Mm -hmm. Did I say that right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Awesome. All right, so let's zoom in here. Tell me about this. Um, yeah, so this is some branding I did, I think it was earlier this year, um, for a garlic farm in here in BC. 
And yeah, so we came up with the logo and then they also, you know, thanks to COVID, <laughs> um, they aren't able to do any like markets or events or stuff like that. So we created this online platform for them and um, just came up with some packaging ideas as a way for them to to sell and market their their garlic. So yeah. Awesome. And is this garlic like out there in market? Um, this particular packaging is just kind of a mock-up. They're not quite there yet, but it is a work in progress that they're hoping to to get to. Um, but yeah, right now they they do have an online store and they do sell all various types of garlic in different categories and that sort of thing. So that's yeah. cool. I'm gonna bring up the the website sort of screenshot that you mm, have here yeah. as well. So this is what complements that. Absolutely, yeah. So welcome shop, some footage of real garlic that they're just pulling out of the ground. Yeah, it's incredible how much garlic they actually <laughs> produce. <laughs> Where is the farm? Um, I, I Oh, you're putting me on the spot here. I think it's in, in Lund, I want to say. Cool. I, I thought you were remember. just going to say it's somewhere around Bassett Creek. Yeah, that's where it is. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That must have been a cool project, you know, taking on all of that design stuff and being able to sort of create that online experience for them. Yeah, it's always fun to do like hand illustration stuff for logos too. Okay, so I have seen this stuff in store. And I did not know that you were the creative behind this. Yeah. yeah. That's so that, super cool. So let's look at this one here. Yeah, so that's for um, Salt Spring Kitchen Company, and they're out of Salt Spring. Yeah. <laughs> that I do know. I know where they live. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so what I love about working with them is they kind of let me do whatever I want. And, that's cool. Um, yeah, so they have these trio packs, and we just created these really fun patterns. Um, this is their hot sauce collection, and uh, yeah. That is really cool. So what I love about this, and this is the print guy looking at this now, mm-hmm. with the sort of craft chipboard selection of that stock, it aligns so well with that craft and market and local and you know handmade vibe like it's got all of that that goes into it as well and it gives you that feeling Mm -hmm. yeah it certainly does i mean that that's kind of the goal that they were after because you know all those things you said is exactly what kind of brand brand they are um yeah craft is a little bit finicky to print with (laughs) that's for Um, sure but but I do kind of enjoy that challenge and you know just doing a two color design on craft is can have you know a pretty cool effect. So yeah. Yeah. And the design and the illustration work, like it just it really brings it together. I really like this. Thank you. Okay, let's get into one more here. Okay. Hmm. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, I like this. I'm like, oh, there's so much here, Laura. Oh. Okay, tell me, tell me about this. What's going on here? <laughs> I was working on like some kids' uh, stuff. This was actually a reject; it didn't actually um, get produced. But I thought it was. I, I couldn't decide if it was like really cute or really creepy, so <laughs> <laughs> I just put it out there on Instagram. I actually did one of those story polls. And it was like 50-50. Some people are like, it's so cute. And other people are like, oh my God, that like would haunt me in my dreams. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I think some people just want to say that. You know, just to say, yeah, that's creepy. It is kind of, I don't know. What do you think? A little creepy? I think, I think the color selection really makes a difference. 
Yeah. It was kind of like, oh, go ahead. Yeah, the bottom right one looks cute. Yeah. It's kind of like a 70s vibe I was, yeah. I was after. So, But the one on the left is sort of moving a little bit. Not, I wouldn't say it's creepy, but it's moving toward like, uh, I think if you like scroll, there's a pattern on the, the next one as well. Maybe that will, or like, like or, still on or the next song. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Too many say, faces. I don't I would, know. I wouldn't say creepy, but you know, it might come up in my dreams. It's something. <laughs> Either way, it never got used, so it's just just gonna live there for now. There you go. Oh, and then I know you're in. Uh, you made it to Logo Lounge Twelve. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I was I was pleasantly surprised to to have ten in there this year. So um, I'm a mega fan of all the judges that that look through the work. So it yeah. was it was an honor for sure. What a cool experience. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, Laura, I'm gonna take you off the hot spot now. <laughs> Where's he gonna go with it? What's he gonna do? Um, now I'm going to get into some of the tough stuff, Laura. I've got a couple of questions here that take you part to part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I want to pull those stories out and share those with the listeners. Then we'll turn the bus around and we'll finish up in a happy place. Sounds good. So what has been the most challenging period of time in your design career so far? Why was that challenging and how did you get through it? Hmm. Um, yeah, I think like when I first got out of college, that was certainly a challenge because I was so confident um, and it with my portfolio. And I remember like just going to the top shelf immediately, going to like the best agencies in Canada and thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get a job for sure. No problem um, with zero experience. So I think like, <laughs> you know, that dose of reality um was a bit challenging at first but I managed to kind of get my foot in the door over time but if I had to pick like the most challenging time of my career thus far it would certainly have to be this year um and that's because of COVID um I remember like I think it was in March when the government announced kind of the shutdown of everything and I should preface this by saying that I work with small independent businesses mm -hmm. um so when the government did that shutdown I think within like that 24 hour span, I had lost about 10 grand worth of work. I and I, I really didn't think that it was going to affect me for maybe ignorantly. I don't know. But I thought, you know, I'm a service based business. There's always going to be a need for me. I didn't really quite wrap my head around it. But um, I saw a lot of my clients really panic and um, which is totally understandable. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought, you know, I'm just going to sit with this for a few days and, and see how it kind of plays out or what my next move is going to be. And I think as a freelance designer, you always have um, that in the, the foreground that like there is a potential where work might not be coming in. So you kind of save for a rainy day, which is what I did. And I was like, okay, I can ride through this storm or whatever. Um, but then a couple days passed and then <laughs> the floodgates opened and all of a sudden I had so much work coming in. Um, from my clients just having to rethink and pivot their businesses, try to get online, try to sell in a new way. Mm -hmm. And, and it was stressful. I mean, it was, it was kind of wild because um, I felt this huge responsibility for the clients that I, that I have to help them kind of turn their, their, their business around and make it function in a short period of time. I mean, a lot mm -hmm. of them had a matter of weeks before, you know, it, maybe they didn't exist anymore as far as the business. So um, 
so yeah, and because they were uh, small businesses, I mean, that's that's food on their table, you know, and it's it's not like this big corporation kind of, um, you know what I mean? I, I don't know how else to word it, but. No, the, um, run, the runway, there isn't as much runway, um, you know, when you're a small independent business, especially if you're relying on, like you're, you were at the time when it was first announced back in March, April, like you're coming into like the summer market season. And a lot of those like craft smaller businesses like rely on those in-person markets, those in-person sales to grow their business and keep their business going. For sure. Um, so all of a sudden those being stopped. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just kind of overwhelmed with, with work and, and still admittedly kind of am right now. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I can't wait for 2020 to be done, but the positive side of that is I feel like the trepidation is kind of over with my clients. Like I feel like we've, we've managed to, you know, have a lot of successes. I am so thankful that the government has had a ton of resources for my clients as well. So a lot of funding has come into place for them, mm -hmm. which I think is, is so fantastic. And, uh, and yeah, we're kind of back on track as well, which is great. Um, I also teach at a college here in Comox and, um, I had to transition everything to an online platform this year, which was kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's been a really busy way or a busy year in the best way. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's been a challenge. Yeah. What a unique <laughs> experience and like up and down. And the other side of that too, I guess, is because you've had success with the clients and quickly getting them up and running online and, and creating the, you know, the design assets for that, you've got some great stories to tell and to add to your portfolio of, of solutions that you were able to really quickly pivot and provide for Absolutely. those customers to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. And so for all those clients that I have that say like, I don't know if I need a website. I'm telling you now, you absolutely need a website. <laughs> you got to have 100%. <laughs> absolutely. For times like these. <laughs> you just never know what's coming, right? Absolutely. So the next one, I want to get a little bit more specific, Laura. So okay. can you tell us about a specific design or project that you were a part of that did not go well, did not bring the desired result? Um, what was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Yeah, this is my favorite part of your podcast, actually. Is because, it really? Yeah, because I love listening to other designers share their stories. It makes me feel less alone in what I do. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's not just me. It's like everyone has these problems, right? Um, but yeah, so you'd think that after 20 years of designing, I would have like some foolproof system of how to avoid uh, these kind of things that come up, but I don't. <laughs> um, I think I've learned a lot of things along the way. Uh, the biggest one for me is to certainly trust my gut. Um, if something doesn't feel right or, you know, it's just not meshing up or regardless of how good it's going to be for my portfolio or, you know, what kind of budget they have, if it just doesn't feel right, then I just, uh, I'm out. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll tell you about the last time a project went really sideways um beautiful yeah my most recent experience with this um because it caught me so off guard and i'm still like not quite sitting well with it so <laughs> so, so we're gonna get to a really uncomfortable place here laura <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah so uh this was pre-covid um i i love how that's how we refer to things now pre yeah. or pre-covid yeah. um so yeah it, it 
uh, a lady had reached out to me and it was based on a referral. And that's always like so much worse when it's a referral and then it goes mm -hmm. sideways as well. It's like, oh man. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she reached out to me and it was a really cool project that she had had, had in mind. And um, I was really excited about it. Uh, we had a phone conversation, like kind of like a discovery call and everything that she wanted really lined up with like the type of work that I do. Um, she had seen my portfolio and was excited about it. Um, yeah, so we kind of hit the ground running and she had kind of the start of a brand. I think a friend had started designing it, but she knew that she wanted to like um, have a more professional eye, take a look at it. So mm -hmm. she she asked me to do that. And everything about the project was really streamlined, really cut and dry. She knew exactly what she wanted. So it didn't feel like there was a lot of gray area or room for error. Um, and I was really excited about it. Now, typically I have to wait like a couple months before I can start a project, but I was so excited about it. I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna put this to the start of the queue and like dive into it right away. Um, which is what I did. And yeah, I was going along and like doing all the work and feeling really good about it. And then I also threw in some extras because I was extra excited. So I'm like, I'm gonna put some illustrations in here as well and like just show her what else I could do with the brand and that sort of thing. Kind of like little freebies on the side because she was so honest and, and nice and amazing. And anyway, so I finish up the project. I send her the proof in the email and crickets and i always know like from experience that if you're waiting more than 24 hours for a response the client is either like trying to decide if they like it or they're like busy on pinterest trying to like frankenstein some of their own ideas together and you know that sort of thing yeah. um, so so i didn't hear back from her and i was like okay i'll just try to be patient um waited a couple more days and then i was like i'm going to follow up with an email and uh, I heard back from her and she was like, oh, you know, I'm just in New York doing some fittings kind of thing. You know, I'll get back to you in a few days. And that's when the red flags went up. Because I'm like, if we're working with like a project that's cost thousands of dollars, you know, you're not just, you know, glancing at an email and then getting back to it a week later. Like you've, she certainly looked at my work, you know, even if she was busy, I'm, I'm positive of that. So, so now I've got nothing but time to think about like where this went wrong or, or if she is legitimately just super busy and she doesn't want to be invested in it right now. I don't know. Um, so I waited a few more days and, uh, and I get this email back from her a couple of days later and it's just like, um, this is not what I wanted. I was expecting so much more from you. Um, and I want to terminate the contract effective immediately. And I want a refund. And it was just like, Whoa. boom, boom, boom. It was just like, oh, I got, I got too excited and pulled my uh, <laughs> earbud out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just, it, it was crazy. I, I just wasn't expecting it. And I was so confident and I didn't have any bad vibes about the process. So just really confused by it. So um, when, when you got that email mm -hmm. and, you know, you, were you like nervous to look at it or were you excited to look at it to get the feedback or? Yeah, I was mostly just curious, to be honest. I mm. would, cause I felt like before I had even put, you know, a uh, pen to paper when it came to designing, I felt like we had such a clear outline that, that, that there was no way I could mess it up, especially yeah. to the point where, you know, you get an email like that, yeah, which is that. like, 
yeah, I, I hadn't ever received an email like that in my career, never asking for a refund, certainly. Um, so, so I read this email, read it again, <laughs> and then I immediately called her because I'm like, this is beyond an email conversation, I think, at this yes. point. Um, she didn't respond to my phone call, so I left a message. Um, and then I called again the next day, no response. So I realized, okay, she doesn't want to have this conversation with me. Um, so I just kind of followed up with an email, you know, super apologetic, trying to, you know, tell her like, let's write this wrong, wherever it went sideways, you know, I rechecked the brief or, you know, any notes that I had, and I'm just, you know, would really love some clarity and like, let's, let's get on the right path. But she wasn't interested in doing that. So um, you know, even though she signed a contract, I refunded her the money that on the hours that I didn't actually finish completing the project because I just felt so terrible about it. And then we kind of left it at that. And then it just, it, it sat with me pretty, uh, not very good because I had all this time to kind of wonder like, what happened? Like, how did this go so sideways, you know? Um, and with no closure, I, I felt like it was the craziest breakup. Um, yeah. So, okay. So I'm not done the story yet. <laughs> Please don't be. <laughs> um, so like I said, this happened like early this year and maybe like a month ago, I was thinking about it again. Cause I'm still thinking about it. I'm a bit worked up still about it. Cause I'm just so confused. And I thought, okay, by now she must have moved on, found somebody else and like her branding must be finished. Um, so I was like, I'm, I'm going to Google it and see, you know, what she actually ended up with. Cause I want to see, like, compare, like how we went so off track from what I gave her to what someone else might've given yeah. her. Um, and Dave, <laughs> she had used my designs. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the illustrations, like the little extras that I put on the side, I think she had someone else kind of rework them in their own way. But uh, yeah, it was ultimately my work. So I was like, I've been duped. <laughs> and I thought long and hard about it. I was like, I could have that conversation or I should just focus on the amazing clients I do have, the work that is coming in and just take the high road. So that's what oh I did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Such a bummer, hey? As soon as you said, and the story's not over, I went... <gasps> No. <laughs> well, that's just it. It's like she, you know, it, it's not about the that she used my work, whatever. That that aside, it's the fact that it just left me hanging and wondering and For feeling so terrible. Yeah, yeah. So, Laura, you have your closure. You knocked it out of the park, and she just didn't <laughs> want to pay for good work. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's it. I don't she know. took your you. She took your proof. She went to Fiverr.com. <laughs> found somebody to recreate it in the usable file file formats that she needed. Right. Yeah. No, she, oh. she should have just ripped off my PDF. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, never asked for to protect that stuff. So. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a bad taste. Yeah. That yeah. stuff. Oh my gosh, Laura. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to turn this bus around here for you. That's a stinger. That one. Yeah. Um, now, Laura, tell me about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of one that just makes your heart sing hmm. um i think it's usually whatever is the latest project that i'm working on that i get super excited about because i'm like 110 percent invested in whatever is 
is right in front of me at that time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what am I, what am I working on right now? Uh, right now I'm working on a university logo, which is, wow. um, you know, pretty corporate, which I kind of enjoy from time to time. So that's, I'm really excited about that. Um, come the new year, I'm working on a new logo for a farmer's market uh, here in the Valley that hasn't rebranded in 25 years. Wow. So, yeah, so those are like really fun projects to get into. And it's such a staple in our community as well. So I'm super excited to be a part of that. Um, I just finished up some branding for a company called Kismet Essentials. Mm-hmm. And um, Erin Josephy is the owner in Vancouver. And she was just one of um, BC Business's 30 Under 30. She's like a whip smart entrepreneur. So and cool. Yeah. And yeah, so we just kind of finished some branding that's not out yet, but it took almost a year to complete. So I'm really kind of excited for that launch whenever it, it comes out. So yeah, it's usually whatever I'm, I'm kind of working on at the time that I'm really amped up about. That's cool. I love that. No, it, there's nothing that you've done before where you're like, that's my favorite. That's, that's something you're still really proud of. Um. You know, it could be the work that I've done for Abigo. Um, that's uh, a reuse, reusable beeswax food wrap that my friend told well. Oh, you know them. Okay. Yeah, I have them up. I have the box up in my drawer upstairs. Amazing. Yeah. So um, that's kind of a funny um, story how that whole packaging came into place. Um, but I think that that I'm proud of because it's the most recognized um, brand that I've worked with just through Caribou. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's gained me a lot of exposure and like, been on the die line and all sorts of places been interviewed for it. So, um, that's so cool. yeah, yeah, that, that I'm pretty proud of for sure. Awesome. There you go. I knew you had another one in you, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> well, just Laura, if you're pumping my tires over here, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just pumping them up. Just pumping. <laughs> Laura, have you reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question? This is where I have a question for you from my last guest and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. Okay. So my last guest was Jamie Wheeler from Jamie Wheeler Designs, also known as uh, Mrs. Wheeler for her um, her alter ego okay. online, which is super fun. So check that out. She is a designer out of Baltimore, Maryland, and she is big into design history. So she wanted to ask you, what's your experience with design history? And by that, is there any part of it that really stands out to you? Do you think understanding design history is important? Okay. Uh, yeah. When I was in college, we took design history. And what I find interesting about teaching um, a, in a design program today is that there isn't design history um, in our course. So I'm like really pushing for it because I think it's essential to understand, you know, who came before you as far as design aspects. So um, yeah, when I was in college, I really um, was inspired by the data movement. I <laughs> just, again, trying to be a rebel, angsty teenager, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed um, all of their work. And Paul Rand, for sure, has always been a staple um, as far as history goes, yeah. Awesome, love yeah. it. So now, Laura, what is your ask it forward question for my next guest? Okay, I wrote it down. Um, (laughs) So when it comes to sustainability, 
How critical is our role and responsibility as designers, given that we're often coming in at the inception of a brand or rebrand process? Okay. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Well, I'm going to ask that question of my next guest, Laura, and you've made it to the end of the Quickie Podcast. Thanks so much for being my guest today, Laura. Thanks so much for having me. I'm a big fan. Awesome. I really appreciate that. All right. That is the end of today's episode. I told you it was going to be good. I don't lie. I don't lie about these incredible guests. Thank you so much for listening today. Laura, thank you so much for being my guest. If you are digging what you're hearing here on the Quickie Podcast, let's kick this new year off with a fantastic, cleverly written review and rating on Apple Podcast for this show. I look at them and you know what? Put a joke in there. I'd love to see a joke that just makes me laugh out loud. And if you leave a review with a joke in it and I laugh at that joke, I will talk about it on the show. How about that? Head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening and leave me a rating and a review. I appreciate it. We're back with more wonderful, wonderful episodes next week. In the meantime, check out the back catalog. There's over 236 amazing interviews there with incredibly talented creatives. Get on it. See you later.